In dealing with the COVID-19 crisis, federal regulators are easing policies related to some medical gear that's in high demand but in short supply. But what are some of the potential security and privacy issues in the near term and in the big picture? I'm Miriam Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group, and today I'm speaking with technology attorney Stephen Tepler of the law firm Mendelbaum Salzburg PC. So, Stephen, as the nation combats the COVID-19 outbreak, President Trump said he recently invoked the Defense Production Act, giving him authority to order manufacturers to produce needed medical equipment and supplies. In the meantime, some manufacturers, including General Motors and Ford, have reportedly volunteered to produce such products, including ventilators. Also, the Food and Drug Administration has issued new policy allowing manufacturers of certain FDA-cleared non-evasive vital sign measuring devices to expand their use so that healthcare providers can use them to monitor patients remotely. While the priority is obviously to get these medical devices quickly to the places and patients that need them, what do you see as some of the potential security and privacy issues that the healthcare sector could face in the bigger picture or even in the short term in the rush to get these products out to the patients and entities that need them? So the word that you use that is most concerning is remote and anything that is now Converting from an on-site to a remote process is fraught with the usual what risk assessments have been taken to evaluate the vulnerabilities that might be associated with that remote process. And whether it's employees or whether it's people who take orders, if you're taking, um, think about taking orders from, from home, if you're using a home computer and the home computer is using Windows 7, which is no longer supported by Microsoft, you may be injecting problems, and if there is a vulnerability in that computer because your child has been using it for some game that that has been infected with malware, you may be infecting malware into the supply chain, unwittingly, unknowingly. And multiply that by many, 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 many tens of thousands, and you can see the problem that's taken place. Now, some companies have, have taken measures or, and have instituted policies and processes way in advance for events like this, you know, business continuity, disaster recovery, those types of plans. But by and large, this has been a, an issue that has only begun to make people realize that the migration to virtualization is both a blessing and a curse. And, you know, and being forced into it without taking the appropriate precautions is, is very dangerous. And by the way, about the Defense Production Act, as of this morning when we're speaking, and this is Monday morning, the 23rd of March, I have not seen, and this is me, I have not seen any orders directing production from the administration other than voluntary compliance or voluntary actions by companies such as GM. So, Stephen, when it comes to companies that maybe will even volunteer to make medical products, General Motors supposedly making ventilators, what sorts of potential security, privacy, and maybe patient safety issues are we looking at as these companies sort of you know, reconfigure their production lines for these sensitive products that may or may not be connected, in, depending on what the environment might be? Internally, for in-company 
issues. You may have a retooling to a certain product line or a different product line, but not have the associated security that you've already built into your current product line security supply chain built in. Uh, and you know, in the rush to have something done, and it's a laudatory activity to, to say, yeah, we're going to ramp up, we're going to start providing masks and ventilators and what have you. Um, if you lose the security along the way, you may be injecting more problems than you, than you solve. I mean, what with the amount of phishing that's going on and the amount of COVID fraud that's being attempted on all levels, and especially in the healthcare industry, you're looking at uh, the potential for virus attacks in, in a totally different universe, in the, in the digital universe. One thing to, to keep in mind is that if you are using devices which are smart, we're looking at additional risk vectors and threats that will probably be, in all likelihood, be overlooked or not addressed immediately, such as from a privacy perspective and perhaps uh, other perspectives. You have this digital thermometer that I think now you have to wait two weeks to be able to get one, uh, made by a company, I believe, in China or Japan. And it is a, it sends your temperature to the government, and your government can track the amount of high temperature or out-of-band higher temperature people within a certain geographic area. The problem is you have to register with this company, given your name, your birth date, and all this other information. Who knows where that information is going to go? And as they collect millions and millions of people, they become, they become the honeypot for, for attack. So the virus and its effects have had incredible ripples in, in the technology world, and especially when it comes to security mindfulness. And Stephen, what about the actual ventilators and other related products that might be kind of rushed out right now, whether it's from, again, manufacturers that don't generally make medical devices? You know, we hear so much about even the medical device makers themselves having had issues with products because, you know, there might be vulnerabilities there that are easily hacked. Are there certain considerations that, you know, will have to be kind of put on the back burner here when it comes to privacy and security just to get some of these products out there and then let's worry about those issues later? This is a, an ongoing tension and you're talking about life sustaining life versus sustaining health versus privacy issues. And the argument being, well, would you rather be healthy and have your information subject to potential exploitation or, would, or protected from disease, or would you rather very, very much to keep your information private and expose yourself? I'm not sure that that's necessarily a valid argument or a valid balance point because we have had so much development in the field of security, in the field of cybersecurity, both physical and cybersecurity, that this should be inbuilt. And we've been arguing about this. You and I have spoke about this many times in the past. Uh, this is not new. Security, building security is not new. If you're going to roll out a new car and you're going to rush a new car into production, you're not going to forget to put a seatbelt in the car. You're not going to say, well, we've got to get it out real quickly. Forget about the seatbelt or let's make the seatbelt out of defective material so that it'll, it'll break if it, any pressure is put on it. So I, I think that the idea of leaving security behind for 
in either the development and the coding. And these, these devices are going to be made by computers. Right? They're not going to be, in large part, handcrafted. And to the extent that any computerized information is going to be used to, in the creation, the distribution, or the, any part of the logistics chain, one has to think and keep in mind hand-in-hand -hand security implications. There's just no way of escaping it. So I think that the privacy issues of the risk to privacy argument is important. The risk to safety argument versus risk of privacy is really, it's a fallacious argument because security should already be built in and there should not, and there should be attention paid to it. Now, the U.S. has also eased up on some of their HIPAA requirements as it applies to telehealth as the nation deals with COVID-19. And it, the Department of Health and Human Services has also issued other HIPAA-related waivers as we deal with this crisis. Looking in the, at the big picture, as the nation institutes these sudden policy and regulatory changes, what other potential issues do you think there could be and when it comes to security of devices, privacy of patient data, do you think there'll be sort of a mess to clean up later on? What do you kind of foresee might be the outcome of all this, you know, after the worst is over in terms of dealing with the actual outbreak? There are a few perspectives to take here. One is you need to get information out to people. You need to be able to diagnose them and as quickly as possible in order to help what experts are calling flatten the curve and prevent the, the increase in the spread of the virus. And that's laudable. The issue here is when you do that, when you are, again, when you're rushing to get these things out to market, the relaxation in, in the regulations in HIPAA is not a relaxation in security. It's a relaxation in the ability to conduct telemedicine, for example. So if you're conducting telemedicine, you're a physician conducting telemedicine from a Windows 7 machine, again, I use it as an example, will you be excused from HIPAA security and privacy and integrity requirements? Maybe. Maybe it'll be an exigent circumstance where you'll be forgiven for it, but certainly do you want to be the test case for that? Because there will be numerous, if not a huge amount of instances, again, this is just my opinion, in which the relaxation will be taken as a license not to take care of security. And I don't think that any relaxation permitted by the government is going to permit a relaxation in security. There may be, who knows, the government may, may preempt and decide to shield legally from liability, but I haven't seen that yet. I know there, are, there is a push, there, there are push from some sectors to provide immunity during this period of time. Again, we have to see how the legislation and the rules and regulations evolve, and they'll evolve probably pretty quickly. And finally, Stephen, we're in a very fast-moving, fast-changing sort of situation here. Any other top privacy or security-related issues that you see right now with the whole COVID-19 situation that we haven't touched upon? A couple of points I think are important to keep in mind. If you are remoting, if, you're, if you are operating a computer in a new environment, there will be new threats to that environment because of the introduction of your workspace into that environment. You should be worrying about endpoints. You should be worried about wireless devices. You should be worried about or concerned about using 
uh, voice-activated devices while you're dealing with confidential patient information because we're not sure whether or not voice-activated machines such as Alexa or, or, or Siri will capture or record any part of that. I read this morning that there are about 70 million voice-activated devices out in the United States alone. Keeping that in mind, one must be mindful of the operational environment in which we are forced to, to work. And that would be the second thing I would say is expect the unexpected. Be on the lookout. Just be a little more careful, and that'll go a long way. Thanks, Stephen. I've been speaking to attorney Stephen Tepler. I'm Marianne Kolbezak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.